G'day everybody, my name is Ellie Waters and you're listening to the Disregulated Podcast. As always, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, feel free to like, subscribe, give us a great rating and you can share it around with your mates and you can follow me on Instagram at elliot.t.waters or you can follow the show at the Disregulated.podcast. All right, so today's episode, Going Dark, My Difficulties with Alcohol. This one, a few episodes lately, been a bit up and down. There's been some positive ones and there's been some sort of negative ones and this one's more on the negative side. But I think this is going to explain a lot of things, especially for my friends that I have in, I guess, real life, because they have to sort of put up with the consequences of this, which is me going dark, disappearing for days at a time, not answering calls, not replying to text messages, nothing. So anyway, let's get into it. So going dark, due to alcohol, I tend to now have hangovers, right, for about three days. That's the joys of being over 30. But mentally, so that's physically, physically hangovers about three days. Mentally, we're looking at five days minimum. So what that looks like in reality is, like I said, ignoring phone calls, ignoring emails, not leaving the house, staying in bed, and self-medicating myself to sleep. And this happens every single time we go drinking, every time. So let's think about it. If I have a big night Saturday and I start to come good around Thursday, even though today has not been brilliant, and then the weekend starts again. So in many ways, I'm in a perpetual state of anxiety. But this is worse than anxiety, you know. Most people, when they talk about anxiety, laugh about like it's a bit of a joke, you know. For me, this is no joke. Let me tell you, being on all fours in the shower, what a sight, by the way, that is to behold, absolutely bawling my eyes out and rocking backwards and forwards from the anxiety there's complete control over me is not f- something I find funny at all. Now, you may ask, if your hangovers are so bad, Elliot, come on, what are you doing? Especially mentally, you know you've got mental illnesses that feed off this sort of stuff. Why keep doing it? Well, I think after meditating on this for a while, I think there's four components, I think. Firstly, I blame the country of Australia. (laughs) No, not really. I'm not blaming Australia, but it's no secret the world over that Aussies like a drink and a party, and it feels like the normal thing to do. It always has. That's just what you do as an Aussie. That's all part of our, our very thin culture that we have. And, you know, I want to fit in and feel normal after all. So there are some social pressures at play. Although that, uh, although the social pressures, I would say, is, you know, that's on me for not pushing back and looking after number one and identifying the fact, or maybe not identifying so much, because I know this is a problem, but actually acting upon it. The second reason is that drinking is a part of my brand. People know I'm the VB beer drinking life of the party. But the cost of being the life of the party is just, it's too much. So like the Phoenix, which I love talking about Phoenixes, but like the Phoenix, which I love to refer to, I need to burn away this part of my personality for good. The third reason is this, is quite simply, I like beer. But this one is easier to fix. There are zero alcohol options now that actually taste pretty good. Carlton Zero being my number one choice. Now, I'd like to say to Carlton United Breweries, if you'd like to sponsor the show because I have endorsed your product and it's a healthy product for people with mental illnesses, feel free to reach out. I would love to come up with some sort of partnership. Anyway, anyway, anyone from Carlton United Breweries, please, please let me know. Um, 
But back to reality again. So substituting one for the other isn't too much of a shock to the system. And lastly, the last point, I think this could be the main reason. And it's sort of two in one. And it applies directly, as so many things do, to my borderline personality disorder, also my social anxiety disorder, and the high-functioning autism or Asperger's that I'm also contending with. So as we know, so alcohol is a great social lubricant. So really, when I drink, it is a form of self-medication to be more relaxed in social settings that terrify me and settings I want to make a song and dance in, you know, I want to show off. So the alcohol loosens the grip the social anxiety and autism has on me. For example, just a little thing, but I have found that after a few drinks, my eye contact, which is always a very difficult thing for people with autism, my eye contact actually improves when I'm under the influence. So there you go. As far as the BPD goes, I need validation. I have this emotional hole inside me that needs attending to. And for so long, I've always thought that if I just get enough, could get with enough cheeky babes, then these insecurities will vanish for good. And this just isn't true. I've tested this theory, this hypothesis, and it doesn't work. But my way of thinking has always been the more that I drink, the better the chance of picking up a cheeky babe and 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 making and getting some validation going. Who would have thought the girls don't really find the sloppy drunk who's being obnoxious, slurring his words, and just making a general fool out of himself for attention? Who would have thought that they that they that that is not the type of behaviour that is looked for. I can't believe it. It's shocking, but it's something I figured out just just recently. It is a crazy world we live in, I tell you. So what do I do and try what do I do to try and get out of these massive ruts? Well, medication of course is one option. But none of this works. Time really is the only remedy. But let's go through what substances I've had today to try and pull myself out of this destructive mental state. So firstly I've had my tricyclic antidepressant clomipramine which you may remember is the gold standard for OCD and has a lot of evidence supporting it for anxiety as well. That's good, except it hasn't done anything today. Next is the mood-stable lamotrigine to try and gain some balance in my neurons again. As I said, I've been very up and down lately, so I'm not sure if the lamotrigine is keeping me stable like I really would prefer it to, but anyway, we'll, we'll investigate that down the track. Next one is pregabalin or Lyrica, which I use for social anxiety, Hasn't really helped today. It's an anti-anxiety sort of medication as well, but I don't usually get that general anxiety relief. It's usually just confined to the social anxiety sort of thing, but that's a good thing when that actually helps, which it hasn't today. Next is modafinil, the stimulant medication. Now, I was hoping that the modafinil would provide some sort of euphoria that I could grab onto and really kickstart my day with that euphoria. Not today, unfortunately. Um, the next one is a bit risky. So a benzodiazepine. Now, benzos are for people who are really, really, it's a sort of last resort for people that are really, really anxious. Now, it's very hard to get, you know, well, I don't really want a prescription, but for these big moments, I just would like something to just ease it all back again so I can function. So what I've had to do is get um, the, the, well, I don't have a prescription. I've sourced it outside because I am so desperate to get rid of these feelings. I'm not having these benzos to have a great time, feel good, you know, and just rock out or whatever it is I'd like to do. It is to stop these terrible, terrible feelings. Now, 
These benzodiazepines have a supposedly alprazolam, supposedly, better known as Xanax. And let me tell you, it is not Xanax because Xanax is very strong and it works really quickly. That's why it's so good for panic attacks because it works real quick. Lorazepam is a bit similar too with the one I used to be prescribed, but Xanax really gets in there quick and it knocks it down very, very in a very strong manner. But whatever it is that I've got, it is very slow to kick in and it does about half a job. So it is definitely not not Xanax. I don't know what it is. Probably a research chemical like bromazolam, I think it's called. Anyway, it's probably a sugar tablet. Who knows? But as I said, I'm desperate and it costs a lot of money. But, you know, these feelings I'm feeling right now are, are, are terrible. They really, really are. Um, so the next thing I've had, we've got more to go, is teaspoon a full teaspoon of kava, the relaxant drink from Fiji and other Pacific nations that tastes like mud. I don't think the kava has done much today, unfortunately. Um, I've also had herbs of rhodiola and saffron, which are two that are specifically targeted. These are just, just you know, you buy them from the chemist. It's just a mineral or whatever they are. But they specifically target anxiety. Again, you know, these anti-anxiety functions haven't really worked for me. I've had a test booster today that has various things in it. Now, that's the testosterone booster. This isn't testosterone, so this is legal. Um, is mostly I have it for general vitality, but testosterone is actually a really great modulator for social anxiety in particular. So there you go. Um, but I don't think the improvements in the testosterone will be enough to have much of an effect there. So that's for more general vitality and just trying to feel a bit healthier and, you know, a bit brighter. And then I've also had the Wonder Supplement Knack. And again, it has done nothing. Knack does a lot of things for a lot of people, but it doesn't seem to do much for me. And there are more that I've taken, you know, more herbs and stuff. You get the gist of it. There's plenty going on. And, you know, when I read this list of substances, what I see very clearly is someone who is desperate for some relief. Now, the good thing is I've tried some non-medication um, activities as well. So I colored in my new coloring in book, bought some new pencils yesterday. I uh, did that for about 10 minutes, but I had to stop as my mind just would not stop racing. Coloring in is great as a mindfulness exercise, one that really should be done every day you know, and and at the early stages of an anxiety attack coming on as well. But when you're at this heightened state like I am, colouring in just isn't going to cut it, I'm afraid, which which is a shame. Um, what I also have done is my number one coping strategy, which is having a drive. So I've driven around Newcastle for hours this morning, burning fuel and listening to my favourite band, ACDC. As I said, driving is my best coping strategy, and I think it actually helped a little bit. So yay for driving and behavioral interventions in general. But that to me, like I look at the list of substances versus the behavioral interventions, you know, and I think it's quite clear that we need to find some more behavioral interventions, whatever they may be, because the medications with me just aren't, they just don't cut it. I need to be doing the other things like getting outside, and but it's so hard when you're in this mood because you just don't want to move. And I've been in bed for the last four days just hiding from the world. So it's a bit hard to do some behavioral interventions when you're feeling like that. So why do these hangovers hit me so hard, do we reckon? Well, my GP has a theory. So as far as I understand it, there are two enzymes, which I can never remember the name of. Anyway, there's two of them that break down alcohol. 
After the first enzyme does its thing with alcohol, it's changed into a form, a new form, which again, I can't remember the name, where it's actually toxic in this form. It's then up to the second enzyme to break it down further so it can be expelled. Now, we think that maybe I'm deficient in this second enzyme. And there is every chance that there are interactions occurring between the alcohol and the plethora of medications I'm on as well. But my hangovers last a long time. I seem to just, you know, I'm always waking up still still drunk, you know. And we think that, yeah, it's potentially because I'm, I'm so slow at being able to utilize the second step using that second enzyme to flush everything out. So there you go. That, there's, there's that little theory as well. But, but, you know, so alcohol in general, it's just not good for Elliot. It is not good for me. It's crazy, but a few episodes back, now I forgot this, I announced my retirement from my drinking career. Remember I said that? And you guys were going to keep me accountable. Not that I'm blaming you guys, but, you know, I did do that big song and dance that I completely forgot about. Um, and which isn't very good. I did last four weeks, actually. I did last a month when I uh, I tried to give it up the, the time before. But I think now is the time when we got to do it for good. we got to do it for good because we can't just, you know, I'm not the type of drinker that goes, oh, you know, I'll just have two or three because I can tell you once I hit three, it's a race to 30 and that's it. You know, it's a race because that's part of my persona. Try and beat me if you can. And, you know, back in the day, not many people would beat me, but because I don't drink as much anymore, which is good, um, I'm not as piss fit. So, you know, I get towed up a little bit. But at the end of the day, who cares? Who cares about that sort of stuff? No one cares. So of all the, so yeah, I need to go back to that episode, have a listen, even though I hate listening to these episodes back, makes me cringe. But I do need to go back and have a listen and just see what blueprint, if I did have one, I set out because we need to follow it again, definitely. Because I've got no choice. I've got to give this stuff up. I've got it. It's just, you know, if this keeps going, like it's it's going to end very, very badly. It already does end badly, but I'm talking real bad. So we've got to give it up. That's just the way it is. It's unfortunate, but hey, you know, my brain is wired differently to most people. And this is just another of those things where I react differently than a lot of other people. So that's just something I've got to radically accept, DBT style, and just move on. So of all the medications and substances I've tried, there are two There are two that stick out as far as negative effects or after effects are concerned. So the first one was ecstasy, and the second one is alcohol. So ecstasy I gave up in my early 20s, and I've never looked back. I remember I went to a Newcastle Knights football game, for those who initiated, if not, Google the Knights' best team in the world. In the, uh, <coughs> in the world. Um, and I remember this particular day, I was against the Cronulla Sharks, and it was after a big night out the night before ecstasy was consumed. And I was sitting there at the nights going, oh, I do not give two dams about this game. I do not even want to be here. This sucks. Now, let me tell you, I'm one of the world's biggest night supporters. If I'm thinking like that, that's bad. And that's pretty much what drove me to give it up. After that, I was like, that's not right. That's not Elliot. Let's, you know, it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. So in my early 20s, it was gone. And I just wish I quit alcohol then as well because it has caused so much grief over the years for me and for people around me, of which I will be going into further detail in future episodes. I'm going to have to. But that's it for today because my anxiety is rising again. I've got to admit, um, look, we're, we're sweating again. My hands are starting to tremble. I think my voice is a little bit as well. And there's this strong feeling of impending doom. It's like there's this big thunderstorm that's just 
coming behind me. It's it, lightning's everywhere and it's catching up on me. And I'll tell you, I am very scared, petrified. If I did, pretty much, if I did describe what this is like, I would say, yeah, scared on more of a surface level, but really petrified because we don't have any answers for this sort of stuff. Time is the only way to beat it or giving up the drinking completely. So that's what we're going to have to aim for. So it's very frustrating because I, I wish I wasn't, you know, my own worst enemy when it comes to this stuff. I wish I could control this better. But, you know, as we would know, if you've listened to the podcast long enough, I've got a bit of an addictive personality. And this is just another of those sorts of addictions that I use as a crutch to try and get through life, I suppose. But anyway, anxiety's rising. I'm sweating heaps. Hands are trembling. And this storm is coming behind me. So today has actually been a slight improvement, but you know, I'm five days in and I still feel like rubbish, absolute rubbish. So I think the writing is on the wall. I have to retire my persona in the hard drinking life of the party. I just got to retire. It's game over. Anyway, that's it. Lately, these episodes have been a bit up and down, haven't they? And that's very much been in line with my dysregulated mood currently, which I'm not really sure why we're while we're going up and down so much. The weather's been a bit weird here in Newcastle lately. It's been hot, it's been cool, it's been sunny, it's been overcast. I don't know. But all I know is drinking certainly doesn't help, even if it does provide temporary relief. Okay, thank you for listening as always, everybody. And remember to give the podcast a nice five-star rating if you could and share it around with your mates that might find some help through this because i tell you what, I know I'm not the only person that goes through this. Definitely not. Um, But... I need to get this out there because I need to get it out of my head because I keep thinking about it, thinking about it. So again, this episode has been a bit like a journal and I've been now able to get it out of my head and hopefully now I can sort of conceptualize it a bit better. And we're going to move on without the need for drinking and trying to have fun and actually being an idiot in the uh, course of events. So anyway, thanks for listening. Do appreciate it. And I'll see you next time here on the Dis Regulated Podcast.